Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. And now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow, now is there? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Interviews with the biggest names in rock and metal each and every week. New episodes every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe so you do not miss one. And as I tell you each and every week, all the interviews you hear on this podcast all happened live on my daily radio show trunk nation heard monday through friday three to five eastern on faction talk sirius xm channel 103 or anytime on demand on the sirius xm app audio video full shows anytime you want them just go to the app and if you can listen live in the three to five eastern window join me every day on channel 103 if you're in the u.s and canada and you are a SiriusXM subscriber. If you are not, well, you're only getting a tiny, tiny taste of what I do every day on the radio if you only listen to the podcast. So I hope you come on board. Everybody listening outside of the U.S. and Canada, welcome to you and uh, happy to be able to give you a little taste of what I do on the radio each and every day. Be sure to follow me on social media for info and updates at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page. Next appearance for me is this Saturday, I will be at the Hard Rock on the Las Vegas Strip hosting the record release show concert for Last in Line. That's the band that features two of the original Dio members, uh, the Dio band members, I should say, Vivian Campbell and Vinnie Apice, and also Andrew Freeman and Phil Susan. Great band, new record coming out called Jericho, and uh, they are celebrating by playing a show this Saturday at the Hard Rock. The restaurant, Hard Rock, uh, with a great, there's a great live room in there, though, on the Vegas Strip. So I'll see you there hosting that this Saturday. That is next up. We got a lot of other stuff going on. Speaking gigs coming up in Illinois and Detroit. McHenry, Illinois, and Detroit. Uh, Detroit, I'll be at Diesel, and I think that's May 12th. And in McHenry, Illinois, I'll be at the Vixen Theater. I believe that's May 13th, 99% sure on the exact dates. But I'll be there doing my speaking Q&A show, music to open. So come on out if you're in those areas of the country. Uh, Monsters of Rock Cruise is coming up soon. A lot of good stuff. And uh, hope to see you out and about again if you are anywhere I'm headed. Keep an eye on social media for in the info and the updates. I'll also keep you posted as far as appearances and other stuff, rock news and all of that, on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Now, speaking 
of rock news. We make news every day on my radio show. If you follow any of the rock news outlets, you know that stuff that happens on my show is often popping up on these outlets. And the interview we're going to lead with is an interview that made a ton of news in the last week and a half. It's with Michael Anthony, of course, an original member of Van Halen. Michael is a friend, one of my favorite people ever to talk to. He always gives me great stuff. And this interview was no exception. We talked about, well, the reason he came on was for a charity event that has now happened already. But also in the uh, course of this conversation, we talk about the aborted Van Halen tribute and if it'll ever come back around and his thoughts on it upcoming Van Halen reissues, which he is somewhat involved in, and a brand new band, which I got to tell you, a ton of media outlets have run with this story and continue to do so, and radio stations and all of that, based off of the interview you, you are about to hear, where Michael reveals a new band lineup that he's working with. The thing where, you know, and we all know the internet so much gets blown out of proportion and knocked out of proportion and reality often tremendously distorted. And I think that happened a little bit with this story because the way this has been regurgitated out there into the internet leads you to believe that Michael Anthony is making this new group that he's going to go out and record and play with and tour with and all of that. I think that's kind of been way blown out of proportion. I think, and you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but, but my understanding is more that Michael's going to do this band for fun, like at the charity event last weekend and other special events. I don't see it being a full fledged recording touring band, like a full time, full band, more special events type of thing, but who knows it could evolve into that. But I know because I've heard from some of the people who are a part of it and said, man, are people kind of running with this and making their own conclusions, which <laughs> welcome to the Internet, right? That is what happens all the time. So you really got to read through some stuff. And the interview you are about to hear with Michael Anthony is where all of the stuff you've been reading about for the last week and a half came from. So listen to it closely and you will hear the source as we bring it to you as uh, we broke that news on Trunk Nation on my Sirius XM show, and now happy to bring you that interview here on the podcast. So Michael Anthony first, and we'll give you a second interview this week. It's another Michael, Michael Wilton, guitarist from Queensryche, who are currently on tour in support of their latest album, Digital Noise Alliance. I'll also be seeing these guys on the coming Monsters of Rock cruise. Michael Wilton, one of two original members left in Queensryche, we talk about that and more with him. So Michael Anthony to start, Michael Wilton second on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Let's start with Michael Anthony right now. Enjoy. The one and only Michael Anthony, a man that also makes a phenomenal hot sauce. Michael, how are you, buddy? Eddie, how you doing? Every time you mention my hot sauce, that is that just a reminder that I have to send you some more? You're out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I still got a pretty good stash of it because your guy next time or you, whoever it was, was very generous enough to not only send me some, some fresh uh, sauces, but also the latest Matt Anthony t-shirt, which I wear proudly. So I, I think I'm pretty good for a little while. Okay, that sounds good. I tell him to take care of you, Eddie, so you, don't, you, you never have to worry about running out. 
No, he does, and uh, I appreciate that very much. How you been, man? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. How's the family? How you doing? Okay? Yeah, I'm doing good. Everyone's good. You know, just uh, got the new year going here. Uh, not too much on the uh, horizon as far as doing any touring. We toured quite a bit last year, and uh, so we're doing we're doing some spot shows here and there. So we'll be popping up from time to time. Well, you oh, know, it's funny. And, and, and by, before, and by the way, well, I, I, let me let me get you, this out of the way real quick. Hagar wanted me to tell you hey from him. Said to say hi, because if he's listening, he'll get all pissed off at me if I didn't say <laughs> hi. That he said hi. So, so there you go. Anyway, I was I was telling somebody the story the other day. I was going through some old photos, and I found the photo of um, the only time in the history of my old TV show where we had a fourth host, and it was Sammy. And oh he God. was That's the, and you, and you were, were the guest. Doing your show to get get all the the, the dirt, right? Right. Because he said to me, he calls me up and he says, he goes, I want to do your show. He go, I go, you know, you can do the show anytime you want. He said, no, but I want to be a host. I said, a host. I go, all right. I go, what do you want to do that for? He goes, because the guest's going to be Michael Anthony, and we're not going to let him off the grill. We're going to go after him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "All right, so he, so he, he, yeah, he roped you into that one. I remember he that. Was, I found he was the photo me before I even did the show. I was so nervous by the time it came around to do the show. My God, I, I almost passed out before I walked out on stage there. <laughs> hey, so let me ask you a quick thing about Sammy. I know we're going to talk about this charity event, but obviously, uh -huh. great record that you guys put out recently. But I had Sammy on. I don't know, it was a month or so ago, not that long ago, we were talking, and it was uh, right after he turned 75, and we talked about him being 75 and all of that, and I said, you know, when's it, you know, when when are you going to know you're done? Like, are you going to do the farewell thing? Are you just going to kind of drift away quietly? Like, how are you going to do that? And he was really like, you know, I never really thought about that. And he was kind of like, I don't know, I might kind of be slowing down and done now. So <laughs> yeah. there there are people that are concerned because there isn't a ton of Hagar stuff. What's your read? I mean, do you think he wants to go out as much as he's been doing, or do you think he's kind of winding down a little bit? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because, he, he, and we were talking about this too, by the way, that uh, I forget, he did an interview with somebody somewhere, and he mentioned the word retirement, right? Or it was brought Me. up. And I'm like, it was God, here, yeah. As soon as, that, as soon as that happened, then everybody, you know, here it comes, here, there, and there, and he, he got all, he got all worried about it, all nervous, like, wait, well, hey, you know, what? He's even asking me, what should I, what should I say? Because you know, we don't retire, and I don't want to just fade away. Do, do we just all of a sudden stop, and one day we're not there, and we're never heard of from again? And I said, I don't know, Sam. We're just going to have to take it a day at a time. But uh, I mean. We're, we're obviously not uh, doing a lot of touring this year, but, uh, in fact, it's, it's kind of interesting because I was just on the phone with him probably about an hour ago, and uh, we were just talking about, you know, uh, a couple new ideas he had for songs and whatever. So, I mean, I don't think you ever really retire, which you and I both know, you know, bands like Kiss and whatever have, have proved to everybody over and over again, right? That, you know, you say you're going to retire, but you never really retire. You know. Well, I said that a million times. I mean, I, I don't think that anybody ever ends anymore because you see how many bands out there with no original members, When you, if you can consider that valid or not, that's up to you. Um, yeah. But you see that. You see people turning into holograms. You, I had I had Carl Palmer on this show a year less than a year ago. He's doing an ELP tour. He said, how are you doing that? 
uh, Keith Emerson and, and Greg Lake sat, sadly are going to are gone. He said, I'm going to put up screens and the, of their performances. So I don't, it's, it's crazy. Like no, nothing is ever over really. You just kind of figure out another way to evolve into the brand. I think. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, like I've, I've seen it done like, like uh, McCartney out there, you know, and he puts John Lennon up on the screen and they're singing together, you know, or, you know, like, like you said, everybody's kind of doing that. Uh, I don't think we'd ever ever do that if if it ever came up. Just to get ahead of myself here uh, with Eddie, you know, because we were always such a live thing, you know. But uh, but then again, who knows? Well, you know? I mean, that's a whole other thing because um, you know, you know, you and I both know there are still a lot of people hopeful that there will be something for Eddie Van Halen. I mean, we just lost Jeff Beck. And yeah. there's already a, a two-day tribute event. We lost yeah, Taylor. Clapton, Clapton's doing something, I think. Is, is he doing, yeah, think Clapton's doing, doing a thing at Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, Royal Albert Hall, right. Where, where do you, I mean, do you have any updates on that front, Michael? Has anyone been in touch with you? No, no one's been in touch with me, uh, except for, and I'll touch base on it, some reissue stuff that, that uh, is going to be starting to come out. But, uh, I mean, I spoke with Alex, uh, not a long time ago. Well, it's probably been uh, at least six months ago. I, I spoke with Al, and 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 when we speak, it's it's kind of funny because we don't really speak that much about music. You know, we speak a lot about family and what's going on like that. Uh, uh, I mean, the last time I talked to him, he's still obviously uh, very upset and, and and mourning his brother's passing. You know, because they were so they were so close. But uh, I myself would love to see something happen. I don't know what incarnation it, it would be because, you know, one day there, we're talking, uh, there's a, words come up about Roth and then and then not Roth and then Sammy and then, you know, whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's like a big ball of spaghetti, and once we unwind the whole thing, then we'll see if, if something's going to happen. But if, if something did happen and it's done the, the, the right way to uh, honor honor Ed and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally in 100% myself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because it seems now when when Wolf is approached about it, he just basically says, well, it's up to my uncle, it's up to Al. And the, and and then the Roth-Hagar part of it, I mean, nobody, and, and Wolf has said the, the level of dysfunction, I mean, that's his own words. He said, mm -hmm. dealing, oh, yeah. he goes, it's a, he goes, it's amazing that I, we got anything done when I was in the band, he said, so. He he he's kind of like you know he put out a new song today. He's kind of on his own trip and doing his own thing, which is great. But it seems like um, he he kind of has left it in 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 Alex's yeah. hands to some degree. Yeah, I read I read uh, when he uh, a couple interviews that he did after he performed at the Taylor Hawkins uh, benefit that was you know overseas and here. And uh, he was saying that you know because he did a cup he did a couple of Van Halen songs he's I know he did Hot for Teacher I, I've seen a, a couple things that he did, and he did it quite well. But he said that to him in his heart that that was enough closure for him, you know. And uh, I mean I could see where where he's coming from because you know he's got to carve out his own niche in the musical world and it's hard enough for him uh, you know up up until this point. And I think he's doing a really good job of it. I I just actually heard his new single yesterday and it's it's pretty rocking. I like it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's great what he's doing, and he does everything himself on the records, and he goes out and puts a great live yeah. band together, and he's out there touring but, right now. And, but, I mean, he said, he said, look, he goes, he, he told me and many others that uh, his dad always said, you do you, you know, don't go do yeah. a Van Halen tribute. 
do you. And I mean, look, it, it would have been a way easier path for him to go the other way, probably. Oh, yeah. But the fact that he's doing this is great, I think. Yeah, yeah. And especially if, if he did chose that path. I mean, there, there's it, it, he come, you come to a wall at a certain point, you know, if, if you're yeah. doing something like that. And uh, he is he is correct in saying that it's up to his Uncle Al because, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't do anything unless Alex was involved with it myself. So I guess, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Uh, I don't know. Should we get Al on the line right now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, you know, Michael, I don't know Alex at all. Like, I met him once. I've never interviewed him. I've never talked uh-huh. to him. I know he's a pretty reclusive guy. I would love to talk to him, of course, but I, I, I don't know if he knows me from a hole in the wall or would ever do it. Yeah. But the, the thing is, the, the part about it, and I, again, I, don't wanna, I know you got other stuff to talk about. I'm not going to mm-hmm. pound on on this. But the thing I don't understand is this. If Alex tomorrow called up the forum and said, I'm going to do a tribute to my brother, Eddie Van Halen, on this date and, and said the date and booked the room. And then he called you, and you already just said you'd be in. Mm-hmm. And then he called Sa- Sammy and and or Dave, because it should be both. But my point is, why not just like just like the Jeff Beck thing, just like the Taylor Hawkins thing? If you announce something like that, you and I both know there's not a musician on the planet that would not want to partake in that. So it becomes a thing would book itself. All you got to do is hire somebody to say, yeah, you're nay, and – who who shows up shows up. Oh, exactly. And if, I gotta do is put if the, Roth the, doesn't the, show put, up, put it on him. Yeah, all I gotta do is put the ticket thing on the wall, and every guitarist in the world would be yes grabbing a ticket to get in line for that. But uh, yeah, and 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 I'm I'm sure Alex knows that. Yeah, you know we have spoken a little bit uh, about uh, you know he wanted his his real big concern is that you know he 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 doesn't want anyone to take advantage of his brother's legacy. You know, and he's he was really like serious about that. Uh, uh, we spoke once uh, sometime back about it, and uh, you know, I, I guess it's just gonna it's gonna be when when Al feels the time is right, and hopefully it's sooner than later. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not even kidding. I mean, look, I know that he has all the resources in the world, and I know they've mm-hmm. got major management and all of that. But I I I also also find that sometimes these guys have so many things coming at them, they don't know what's what. I I would have no problem helping out just to do it because here's the other component. Here's the other way that you alleviate a lot of drama. You make all of the money go to charity. And this way it's not about who's getting paid what or what's going on with that. And Eddie had that charity he loved, Mr. Holland's Opus. Opus, Give all the money to that. And then whoever shows up, shows up, have a big jam, celebrate the guy and be done with it. One night at the forum, you're done. Yeah, yeah, no, that that that's exactly the way. You know, whether it's one night or two nights, you know, here or right. you know, a couple of places, and uh, you're you're totally right. I wouldn't uh, accept any money for it. I'd I'd donate every. You know, if, if it was like donated to a charity, you know, I have charities that you know that I'm involved with too or whatever. But you know, it it should be something like that and uh, not something that would turn into any kind of a money grab for anybody. No, yeah. the thing would book itself. You fund the charity. Everybody celebrates the guy, and there's that closure. And it, hey, if ever you see who who shows up, if Roth doesn't show up, let him explain why he didn't show up. Put it on him. You get plenty of singers. You can sing some songs. If Sammy's there, he can do some songs. You get Gary out there to do a song or two. I mean, it would just fall in line effortlessly because of how many people loved and were influenced by Eddie. I mean, I, nobody can figure out why this is that difficult yeah. for everybody. You know what? You know what, Eddie, maybe you should be the one to call Alex then. 
See, because when you put it like that, you know, you, you, somebody has to put it like that to Alex, you know. I don't know if, if, well, that... if anybody has yet or whatever. Uh, you know, there are certain people I know that, you know, probably have their own other uh, things in mind, you know, personal thing, you know, whether it's management or whatever. But, uh, you know, Alex just has to totally realize that, that it would be like, you know, a total uh, honoring thing and, and, and total and do it for charity or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, and that's what I meant by willing to help. I don't know the guy, but if you talk to him and he's open to to me helping or talking to him or just giving him my two cents, I do it in two seconds because I have been a part of some charity stuff before, not at that level. Yeah. But again, sometimes I think people probably have so much noise coming at them, they they can't process how to do it, and uh, it it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, you get a, a promoter, you get one guy to just handle the band, and that's it. it Alex Van Halen presents a tribute to to Eddie. Done. That's all you need, and yeah, you're good exactly. to go. So yeah, Alex, Alex is a very soft spoken guy, and, and you know if people are firing at you like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it just drives him more into just kind of like reclusing, you know, and not uh, you know wanting to deal with it. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens, you know. And I, you know, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, again, it's just something I mean, that should happen. Say yeah. Oh no, it, it definitely should happen. You know. So what what uh, the Hagar records are? You said you were approached about catalog. They're finally going to start doing some stuff with the Sammy Era records, right? Yeah. Have you heard anything about that? I'm, well, I heard that the live I, record's going to come out on vinyl with some extra songs. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you what what I well what I what I can't what I'm uh, instructed to tell you. I was put it that way. <laughs> no, right. yeah. We're we're, we're going to do. We're starting out with a bunch of the reissue stuff with the Sammy years. You know, with all his albums, and the first thing that's going to come out uh, will be the Right Here Right Now live album that we did back in 92 and uh that's going to be I, I don't know what what day is record store day or final day next month that's it's it's going to be a four four lp deal with some uh, other uh bonus stuff on there and uh we're just going to take it from there uh, there's going to be you know it's, we're going to go through all the sammy stuff and we got there's other stuff uh that we're going through you know different recordings and stuff like that and uh, interestingly enough, we have uh, Don Landy, who, if you're familiar with Don, I'm sure you are. Who of course. Engineered with Ted Templeman. Don is uh, kind of overseeing the whole thing, which is pretty cool. You know, I'd love to interview him, too. I do interviews with producers all the time. I uh -huh. would love to interview him. If you speak to him and you're in touch with him, I would love to <laughs> get his contact and have him on. Not just about this, but just about everything. I yeah. mean, he was, you know, I, I he was the guy. He's, he's another guy that he's, he's, very, he's a very quiet uh, kept to himself type of person. He's always been like that. But God, what what a uh, amazing you know when back in the uh, when we first uh, went in and did the first Van Halen record all the way up through you know uh, 80, 1984 when uh, we were working with them. Uh, it, just watching him work like the tape machines when everything was done on tape, you know, like splicing when you're when you're cutting this out and putting this in. That guy was he was the master of it, and. Uh, it was, it was just, I'd, I'd love to sit in the studio and just watch him cut this tape. And that'd be like miles of tape on the floor. And then he'd pick up this one piece and put it in and whatever. And then when he, when he's finished, it would roll the tape and it wouldn't sound like, you know, like there was a cut in it at all. Real hmm. amazing guy back in the day, but yeah. Michael, you were yeah. saying that you, you know about these, these Hagar era records, of course, and, and everything, and that you were approached or what have you. I mean, are you uh, 
are you involved now in the reissues? Like, and do you have some say in what may or may come out? Are you going to, are you in a position where you could actually, we hear about these archives of all this stuff. Are you in a position where you might be able to start digging into some of that stuff yourself? Or are you just hearing about it as they're announcing it? Well, uh, right now I'm just hearing about it as they're announcing it, but there is a plan of what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously going to be vocal about it uh, because I, I would like to have a, a kind of a hand in there at, at, you know, even if it's just sonically, but certain things are, you know, sounding like what uh, Don's doing. And uh, also hopefully we'll be following up, you know, doing Roth stuff too. Who knows, you know. Because, I mean, all of us fans have heard about, and I heard a box set that never came out Mm-hmm. I was in a studio in L.A. that there was a box set. And, 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 you know, Van Halen fans so frustrated at so little stuff that's come out, archival stuff. And we all yeah. know there's like tons and tons of it. So it's sounding like, if I'm hearing this right, that there's finally movement in things starting to come out. There is, yeah, there is movement in there. And we're digging back into stuff. Uh, obviously, there's, there's a lot more stuff that's even at, uh, at the Ed's old, at the 5150 studio. And, uh, you know, that's that's a lot of that stuff. Uh, I know either Wolfie and Alex will start going through stuff there and seeing what there is. But, yeah, there's there's uh, there's a ton of stuff. When was the last time you personally were at 5150? Oh, my God. I can't even remember, Eddie. I'll tell you. It's, it was probably uh, <clears throat> it's probably in uh, 2004 before we started the tour. And do you were you a guy that kept a lot of stuff? Like, is there a Michael Anthony archive? Did you keep tapes or videos of stuff yourself? I do have videos. I've got. I used to know people that 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 uh, collected really quality bootleg stuff. I've got sacks of bootleg stuff. I've got. Uh, I mean, I've got. I've got shows that are almost album quality that I've gotten from certain people that used to. Uh, uh, dig around and find stuff for me, you know, because back in the day there was always that one sound guy who would uh, accidentally record something, record a live show for himself, <laughs> right. and uh, all of a sudden there it is. So I've, I've got a bunch of stuff like that, and then you know, you, do you have video, I, Michael? I do have I do have some video. That's one thing that we didn't do a hell of a lot uh, that we probably should have done was a lot of, you know, where everybody started doing behind-the-scenes stuff, studio stuff or whatever. I mean, we used to we used to always, like, you know, as far back as, uh, you know, well, the uh, early, very early 80s or whatever, you know, you'd play, you'd play somewhere like the, uh, the Capitol Center in Maryland or something like that, and they would record it for us, you know. And I've, right. I've got I've got a few uh, videos, live videos like that, that like the the house would do for you. That have never been seen, that never yeah. came out yet, or or yeah. are out there yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, no, that have never been out. <sighs> yeah, you realize what fans are <laughs> like. You realize I'm coming over with a six pack, man. We got to sit in your living room. Come on now. I don't know if you come over with a big bottle of Jack Daniels or something, you might be able to fry something out of me. No, I'm just kidding. I'll- Bring you a case, but, you know, and that, that you know, and that, and that kind of jars my, my reminds me too. I should, I should, you know, look through all that stuff because I've got stuff spread out over a couple of different uh, storage places too that I should kind of like gather up and at least have in one spot because at some point, you know, 
it, it it is to me it is kind of sad that there hasn't been more stuff like that that has been you know available to the public you know to to, to see from the band especially the Roth days you know yeah I mean it's um, I mean I don't I mean I'm sure you get a lot of it but we talk about it all the time on this show it's amazingly frustrating the the lack of output whether it's a catalog whether it's at the time when eddie was with us still new music or tours or box yeah. sets or and, videos and, and, or and you know proper issues get, nothing i don't want to get too far into it here or, or uh but uh you know and that was eddie and alex they they didn't want to put anything out you know i know for a fact like all like early tours we used to record every single show just and then that was just for the band, so that we could critique ourselves after every show. And and this this went on for you know a few years. Like the first the first few tours, we would uh, record almost every show. And and uh, I'm sure somewhere around uh, uh, Eddie's house or Wolfgang's got them now or something that uh, got a lot of these tapes. Oh man, hopefully. Hopefully we get to see and hear some of that stuff. One last Van Halen thing, and we'll talk about a few other stuff, a few other things. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I'm sure you know this. A couple days ago was this blew my mind. Was the 25th anniversary of the one album with Gary Van Halen three with Sharon, and uh, a record that is often pretty maligned in the Van Halen catalog, if we're mm -hmm. being honest. But I think over years there's been some things on that record that people maybe warm to a little bit. But 25 years after that record, what what are what are your thoughts on it, and what do you remember about that whole period introducing a third singer at the time? Yeah, you know that was that was that was uh, oh boy, that was uh, really a, a strange time because uh, uh, Alex, and during part of that, I remember Alex was going through a divorce, and. Uh, you know, and, and there'd be times where we'd start up in the studio and he couldn't even, you know, then he'd have to, he'd have to leave, would record for a half hour and have to leave, have to meet with his lawyer, this, that. And uh, it just, it was just a really a, a strange time. Gary moved, Gary actually moved into the guest house up there by Ed. And, uh, you know, Ed would be calling him in the middle of the night, all hours of the, of the day saying, hey, I've got an idea for this. And, you know, and, and Gary grew a little old of that, so he finally moved out of the house there. And uh, it, it was just a strange time, and and you know, and bringing Mike Post in, uh, he was trying to influence Ed on certain things. So it was just a really strange, strange, strange time. I'll, I'll tell you one thing though that was that was really kind of uh, sad for me was that the band there was only like not even a handful of songs that the band actually uh, recorded together in the studio, and before that we used to record everything with everybody in the studio, you know. So when that record was being made, outside of it being Gary and and having the challenge of introducing a, a new singer, when you were when you were hearing this material, and then as you said, Mike Post, the guy who produced it, not necessarily with a big rock background and everything. Right. I mean, in your heart of hearts, were you as this thing was coming together, were you thinking like this ain't going to work? Well, I was not a big uh, a big Mike Post fan. <laughs> you know, I, I I was I was not. Uh, on board with the fact that he was going to be doing it and uh you know going in and uh and uh playing bass to the track myself in the studio you know putting down the bass like that was you know i mean that's that's the way a lot of people do it and i've done that with you know if, if we have to have to go over and, and fix something up but 
not to attract being put together like that. You know, we've always played live in the studio, and and that that part I didn't really enjoy myself of having of doing get, it that way. When's the last time you listened to the record? Do you listen to it ever? You know what? I really don't listen to it. But now that you mentioned it, I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to listen to it because there are some really, actually, some really good parts on that record and and a couple of things that we actually played live. Actually, I, I really enjoyed playing. Yeah, and and speaking of outtakes and things like that and stuff that didn't come out, I actually I can't say where, but I actually heard demos for what would have been the second record with Gary if they didn't things didn't change. And they were way more in line with what people would have wanted from a Van Halen record. So uh, it didn't get off the mat, but uh, there yeah. were like five, six songs that were starting to be done with Gary that would have been a potential follow-up to that record, right? Yeah, and they were a little bit more straight ahead what Van Halen sounds like, you know? Yeah, yeah. But well, uh, maybe it, it, a, yeah, a couple of them, a couple of things. Uh, I can't remember what the working titles were. There were a couple of things that... that uh, uh, were that we uh, did not include on that Van on Van Halen three that I thought were sounding really good that uh, ended up not not being used. Yeah, well, listen, I could talk to you about Van Halen forever, but I know you're calling in <laughs> to talk about a, a charity event that you have. We've had you on for the walks that you've done in the past, but this is uh, this is a jam. This sounds uh, this sounds kind of cool and for a great cause. So yeah, it's, fill it's, the it's, audience in about what's going on on Saturday. Yeah, well, first, thanks a lot for for everything you've done to help me out with it's Children's Hospital Los Angeles. It, the first the first year, and in fact, my my uh, just really quick, my grandson he would have been uh, six years old on the twentieth of this month. Oh wow! So it was six years ago that we that I, I came on your show and you put the word out, Eddie, and because of that, we raised uh, God. Our team we did the walk for Children's Hospital. Our team alone, we raised well over a hundred thousand dollars. And you're still doing those walks, right? Yes, yes, I am, and and I I I, I donate pretty much year round for certain functions to Children's Hospital Los Angeles because, uh, you know, like I said, ever ever since uh, my my grandson was born with uh, congenital heart disease and uh, was there, I I came to realize exactly what the hospital is all about and what they do, you know, and I'm, so I'm very passionate. My family is very passionate about helping them out now, but sure. There's another foundation that my, my daughter, Elisha, is involved with called Save the Heartbeat. And what they do is they work uh, for, uh, to do research and early detection for children born with uh, CHD because it's like something like one out of every hundred. or it, It's quite a high rate of children that are uh, born with this, and a lot of them do not make it. And that's because of, there's no early detection and whatever. So they do all that. And... How this whole thing came about, last year there was a gala that I went to and donated a base that we auctioned off, and my daughter goes, hey, why don't, why don't we uh, uh, auction off uh, the chance for somebody to be able to come up and play with you at a show? And, uh, of course, you know, in the moment I went, yeah, sure. <laughs> so they, they did that, but then it was like, well, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? They can't come up and play with the circle or, or whatever. And so they decided to do like a little show somewhere, and it all of a sudden morphed into this little, uh, it's it's kind of a charity fundraiser of its own now. And, uh, you know, it's nothing that's being done on a huge scale. In fact, it's it's going to be held at, at a bar here in Costa Mesa, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got this band, they're called The Trip, very good band. They played at my daughter's wedding that I got to be kind of a backup band. And they're looking at me going, well, who, who's, who else are you, you getting to come out and jam with you? And I'm like, what? 
So I just I kind of put the word out to a couple of friends of mine, and uh, it's turned into a, a kind of a cool thing. We're going to play like three sets of music, and I'm going to have uh, some people come up. Sammy's going to come out. Uh, Trey Cool, who's the drummer of Green Day, he's uh, one of my neighbors out here in uh, Newport Beach. He's coming out, and then uh, my buddy, uh, probably one of the, the best hearts of anybody I know, John Five. John sure. Five's gonna John's gonna come out. He's on a, on his break from uh, the Motley tour now, and he's he said that he wanted to come out, and uh, you know, got some other people coming out. We got uh, Phil X, who plays with Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Now he's, he's he's coming out, and uh, Ron Fall, Bumblefoot. Bumble, yeah, sure. Bumble, he's gonna come out and uh, play some stuff, and it's just gonna be. A night of, uh, there's going to be a, a few sets of music, and in between we'll be auctioning off uh, some items for the charity. You know, I've got uh, a little bit of equipment. i got another bass. we got some other uh, cool stuff we're going to auction off. And uh, it's just going to, you know, and it was just put together. We didn't, you know, it, without, uh, you know, we didn't want it to be some really big blowout thing, you know, that they didn't want it. So, that's, so it's at the, a small club, and, uh, I mean, this place only holds, like, 250 to 300 people maybe and uh to be able to get a ticket and come to this thing and and watch someone like john five watch his fingers work from up close is gonna be pretty cool wasn't the first time you saw john was when he was on my tv show i remember that yeah. you and sammy were in the audience and i threw to john and he played into the break and i remember both of you guys turning to me and goes go who the hell is that guy <laughs> you had yeah because he was like kind of you had you had like a guitar player or someone that would play during the yeah. breaks right yeah. and uh yeah. i remember i was walking to go back behind where the seating was and i saw john john goes hey check it out and he did some first he pulls the cord out of his guitar and starts popping it and buzzing it all over himself <laughs> it, like some cool rhythm then he plugs it in and starts whipping off all this van halen stuff and i was just going what planet did this guy come from? That's the first time I ever met him. Yeah, I remember that. I remember clearly, like, you guys didn't know him. And I remember saying, all right, we'll be right back with more with Sammy and Michael after the break. And I threw to the break. And then John did the first, like, his first little intro thing into the commercials that we used to do on that metal show. And I remember yeah. it was you or Sammy were right next to me. Go, whoa, whoa, what? Who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I saw you guys talking and, and then you got up with John at his show at the whiskey. I was there a few years I've, ago I've and did that, some Van Allen. I've done that a couple of times with John, actually. Yeah, he's invited yeah. me to come out because, you know, he says, Hey, let's play a couple of Van Halen songs. And so, you know, we come out and, uh, man, I mean, the guy, he's, uh, as, as far as, uh, you know, just an instrumentalist, that guy, he can play a three-hour show and keep me entertained from the first minute to the last minute. You know, everything from banjo to whatever, you know, he picks up and plays. But, uh, you know, it's kind of f- interesting because after we met him on your show, we kind of kept in touch. And we were, when we were initially putting the chicken foot thing together, he was, uh, the, uh, he was the first choice for a guitarist in that. But he was uh, committed to uh, Rob Zombie at that time. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we we had spoken to him. Sammy and I talked to him with each other, with each other, and said, "Oh my God, John Five would be perfect for Chicken Foot." And but it but uh, unfortunately it didn't work out. I mean, we ended up with with Joe, who's no slouch either. But you know, right? It's not like you settled, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but uh, John was right there. I mean, could have been interesting with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably the nicest guy besides me that I know. <laughs> I would agree with that. Well, that's what I was just going to say. When you've got yourself and John and Bumble and I don't know Trey, but of course Sammy, 
I mean, not only do you have great musicians, but great people. So I, you know, it's going to be fun and it's going to be a great vibe and no drama, which is what you want as well when you yeah, do this stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great cause and every penny from everything that's being auctioned off and whatever, you know, and, and those guys are there. There's going to be some, uh, uh, photos that, that everybody will autograph and, uh, you know, every penny is going to go to the charity. So that's, it's, it's really cool. And, and, and I'm, I'm really, uh, God, I mean, I, I can't believe that these guys said, yeah, well, yeah, we'll come down and jam, you know, because it's just this little, little bar. And, uh, if anybody's in the area, there is not even a handful of tickets that they release, like standing room tickets. So, uh, the foundation's called Save the Heart. Hey, Michael, Michael, your phone just got real gurgly. Did you move out of range? All right, we got Michael back, and now we got him on the cell phone. You know, I was just go, saying Eddie. to the audience, I just saying to the audience, how funny was it when I told you let's do the landline because it'll be better, and then that's what crapped out. Exactly, and I'm looking at it. The battery just, and I made sure that the battery was fully charged up. I guess it's time for a new cordless phone system here at home. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well uh, we were talking <laughs> where we started that. to lose you was when we were talking about. Um, we're talking about the tickets, and I during while we were waiting for you to get back on, I mentioned the place is actually called the Tiki Bar. It's in Costa Mesa. It starts this. It starts at eight o'clock this coming Saturday. And where do people go for whatever tickets might be left for this? You can go to the foundation uh, website. It's called SaveTheHeartbeat.org, and they'll have information, or you can purchase tickets right there. I, I don't know how many tickets are left, but I know there are a few that they released. And like I said, it's a small place, and if you've never seen John Five up close play guitar, you're not going to want to miss this. Yeah, so you've got that. You've got I mentioned all the musicians that are playing, and I just pulled that page up. Uh, as you mentioned, you can buy tickets there. The information is there. And you can also make, if you can't attend this and you want to uh, buy stuff or bid on stuff or make donations, you can also do that, right? Yeah, you can do that right on their website. You can donate. Uh, I know they sell like uh, uh, some jewelry items that if anybody is, you know, knows somebody who uh, is, you know, um, in uh related to somebody who's has had this disease or a family that they have cut some really cool jewelry items that they sell over the website. But uh, yeah, you can do it all on the save the heartbeat.org uh, uh, website and uh, yeah, come on out. It's going to, if, if you can make it out there, anyone can make it out there and buy a ticket. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, man. It sounds like a blast. And I tell you, I would, I would, if I was at my place in Vegas, I'd be there in a minute, but I'm in New Jersey and I'm stuck here with my kids, so I can't get uh, I can't travel that weekend. But I would be there in a minute if uh, if I was at all available. But if you do this again and uh, I can help in any way or further, I mean, just let me know. It's a great cause. This stuff you're doing, whether it's the walk or this event, you got all my buddies playing there as well. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a great night. Yeah, it is. And Eddie, I really, I really appreciate it. And uh, it looks if this goes off and it's it's fun, then we might. Uh, you know, upsize it to a, a, a another place here and uh, and do it again. One last thing. Do you, because we talked about Sammy, we, we don't know what he's doing, if he may or may not kind of wind down again. We talked about it. That's where that all came from when he was on here last. But do you have any desire? I mean, Sammy's a little bit older than you. If he's, say he was done, I mean, do you have any desire to do another band or play with anyone else or even maybe get your own thing together just for fun? 
Well, I wasn't I wasn't going to mention anything about it, but there is like a little side project thing that I've uh, kind of uh, been speaking to some people and might be doing a, a, a couple of things. Well, I, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself and mention too much, but uh, it uh, might involve uh, Phil X and uh, John Douglas, who, you know, is manning yeah. for Aerosmith right now. J.D., I've known J.D., for many years since he's worked with Van Halen. JD was just at my house in Vegas. I had him on when he was uh, do, pro, uh, selling his art yeah, he, out there. I went to his gallery. Yeah. Oh my God. The guy's, he's an ama- amazing artist. Yeah. I mean, he, he just did, did my of, show. Yeah. Frank, yeah. Yeah. What a great guy. And uh, we do have a singer. I don't want to mention any names, but uh, a really, really cool singer. And we're uh, uh, recording uh, just for fun right now. Some stuff. So, well, if <laughs> you have a, if, that's all I can say. <laughs> but here's here's what I'll say: if you have a singer who you can't name yet, and the way you can sing, and the way Phil X can sing, have you ever heard Phil sing lead? Phil's voice is insane. Yes, yes. In fact, in fact, if anybody comes to the show, Phil's going to be doing a little bit of singing at the show here. So I mean, you've got Phil with a killer voice, your voice, and then you're talking another singer. Whatever this band is going to turn into vocally, it should be unbelievable. And this guy's a good singer too. That's all I can say. He's he's a great singer. Because I think it would be great. Like if you did some original stuff, that's fine. But if you like, I the last couple of times I saw you with Sammy, you came out and you sang "Running with the Devil" and you you sang lead on a couple yeah. old Van Halen songs. It sounded great. If you put like a killer band together, and even if you were out front uh, doing uh, the singing and going playing some some VH and then maybe a few covers or whatever, I think that would be a great fun band to see. Well, you know what? Maybe if we put some, if we put a little something together, Eddie, when you're out this way, we'll come out and we'll, we'll, you can, you can come and uh, introduce us. We'll, we'll play out there on Fremont Street. There you go. Are you getting to Vegas much? <laughs> you told me, you told me you take your yeah. RV there and hang out there sometimes, yeah. right? You know what? I haven't been out there in a little while because I'm having some repair work done on my RV, but I do own a spot at uh, a resort out there. So I've spent a lot of time spending a lot of time, not, not uh, as much during the summer months, obviously, because it's so damn hot out there, but uh, yeah, but I'm out there and I, and I, I see some of the little parties you have out there. So I'm going to have to hit you <laughs> up when I know you're, <laughs> believe me, I, <laughs> but uh, I'm the yeah, king, I'm the to, king of Vegas, Michael. You didn't know that. Uh, I'm the king of Vegas. Now you didn't know that I'm, I'm the party oh, master. Well, I can't. <laughs> But we'll definitely have to get together when I when I'm out there and you're out that way. Get some of your buddies out there, and I'm sure I'll I'll be crawling back to my motorhome. Oh, please let me know, man. I mean, I try to get out at least a week a month if I can, and I'm going out next week. So if you're if you're there when I'm there, we should absolutely do that and have some fun. You know, when I was there last couple of weeks ago, I was walking down the strip and I walked right past Sammy's place, the the cantina. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I'm going to go in here and get something to eat. And I went in with a couple buddies, and uh, I texted him. I said, the food any good at this joint? And he was uh, he was in Mexico celebrating his son's birthday, and he was he was fired up. He was FaceTiming me. He had him send over a shot of tequila. It was like he I was partying with him, and he wasn't even in the same country. Wait, he sent you over a shot. Did he take care of the food and everything? He better take he, care he pre- of everything. He pretty much did. I mean, he did. I think okay. I think he did. At the end of the night, he took care of us pretty well. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a they got some good food at that one out there in Vegas. They do. They do. It's a great spot. It really is, honestly. Yeah, and and uh, and and and, uh, and uh, at the in November they're running uh uh 
Formula One racing out there in Vegas, which they they haven't had out there, and it's it, it's they're going to be going right past his cantina. Cantina, and I I told him I said, Sam, you better have a table reserved for me up there. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. It, just getting uh, space uh, overlooking that race. I'm hearing the casinos are charging like three, four grand a night if the if the window yeah. faces the race. It's yeah, nuts. and a night race. It's going to be a night race too. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun out there at that time. I'm, in fact, hey, is, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I'm working on our manager, talking solo, and I, I know he's probably not listening to this right now. But I know before they have those races, they do a lot of promotion, a lot of partying, and stuff like that leading up to it. And I told him, I said, "Let's get the circle out there to play something, you know, before yeah. that race." So yeah, who knows? I'm trying, yeah. Eddie. I'm going to keep Hagar out there working as long as I can. <laughs> hey, as long as long as you can. As long as you're still as good as he is, as long as you can still sing like he can, why not? I mean, the only reason why I think bands should end is if they start making a mockery of their legacy, everything's on tape, it's like a joke, then then yeah, you should stop. But when you're you guys still do it as well as you guys do it with that band with Vic and and Jason and yourself. I mean, why not, man? As long as Sammy can still keep it at the level he's at, why not? Yeah, I know, Eddie, and I know you're the one. You're the one who's, who's who's right up there at the top of the list when you say, "Hey, absolutely live." When you say that, see, that's that's the way like it should be played live. You know, I, I know way. when you go to see when you go to see the guys that you, that you go to see, and everyone's playing it up there live. That's what you like, and that's how it should that's be. It. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I never understood the the reason why <laughs> that you even go to a live rock show if it's not to hear the band live, warts and all. I mean, that's the whole point, right? What are you going for? Exactly. Listen, buddy, I appreciate the time. You know, anytime I can do anything for you, you know where to get me. And uh, I'm excited, man. I mean, it sounds like you got a few things cooking. It looks like still Sammy's got one foot in the game a little bit. Some Van Halen reissues finally coming. Yep. And of course, yep. this no, charity no, another, event. So good another, stuff. Another quick thing to think about, too. Sammy and I have been kind of experimenting a little bit around uh, as, as far as uh, just a two man show. One bass, one guitar, and us two screaming mm. to do some. That would be cool. Stuff. What was that? Do you remember a band? Remember Hot Tuna? Yeah. Back? Yeah, something like that. But we, we've been kind of just uh, kicking some stuff around. So, All right. Well, we in could, the meantime, some... yeah, it sounds like cool stuff cooking. In the meantime, savetheheartbeat.org is where you want to go. For more information about this great charity, and again, the event is this Saturday, the Tiki Bar, Costa Mesa, California, 8 o'clock start. Uh, not a lot of tickets left, as you would imagine. Michael Anthony headlining, Sammy Hagar making an appearance, Bumblefoot, Phil X, John Five, Trey Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm so bummed that I, I have a conflict and can't be there, but I wish you the best <laughs> of luck with this. And uh, hopefully I'll see you soon, man, somewhere out there. Thanks, we'll see Eddie. you in Vegas I'll or wherever. I'll catch, I'll catch you in Vegas, definitely. All right, that'll be fun. Michael, thanks. Best to you and the family, and good luck on Saturday, buddy. Thanks, Eddie. Great talking to you. You too, man. Take care. Okay, bye. Well, always great stuff from Michael Anthony. Appreciate the time with him. And, uh, again, a lot of news made from that interview. A lot of different stuff we covered. And you guys can uh, decipher it from there as to what you think. I really do think, though, that this band – that he did mention in that interview is really more of a jam thing and occasional shows here and there. I, I People, I think, are reading into it a little more, but who knows? It could evolve. It could change. I'm not sure. 
Michael Anthony really just let that fly off the cuff, and people absolutely ran with that, among other things. The potential for the Van Halen uh, tribute still is also pretty interesting. Thank you to Michael Anthony for a ton of great stuff, as usual, in that interview. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Up next, and let's get to it right now, Michael Wilton, one of two original members of Queensryche left in the current lineup of the band. Spoke to him a couple weeks ago, also on Trunk Nation on Sirius XM. Here's how that went. Whip, you awake? Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, so excited here in uh, Tempe, Arizona. And, uh, yeah, it's just great to talk to you again, Eddie. You too, man. Did you get thrown? I don't think we just had the daylight savings time, but they don't move the clocks in Arizona, I don't think, right? Yeah, it's it's a little uh, screwy here. We've been going through different time zones and, and with press <laughs> schedules, you know, it's it's uh, just got to get them organized a little better. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good, man. How's it been going? You guys have been the road dogs lately. And I know that just recently you guys lost a few shows because – I guess Todd was having an issue with his voice. How is he and what happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of went blitzkrieg, you know, at the beginning of the tour and it's just uh, uh, been such a great thing. And then, um, yeah, he just kind of blew his voice out for uh, a little bit, you know, and um, just needed a couple days rest. So we're back at it. So, you, so for people coming tonight to the show in Tempe at the Marquee Theater, you guys are good and you're playing. Yeah, we're good. Thumbs up. All right, good, good. How's it been going overall, man? Like I mentioned, you guys were out with Priest, and now you're doing your own headlining dates. Of course, the new record out there. You've been hitting it hard, and I mean, you as one of the two original guys left in this band, I mean, hitting it hard for a long time. How How's this experience been on this run in support of this record? I mean, so far, I mean, this is, this is our headline tour, the Digital Alliance tour, and uh, so... You know, we've been doing the Judas Priest thing all last year. And, you know, now it's time to promote this album and do a proper headlining tour. And, you know, we have a great package. We have uh, the band Trauma, Bay Area Thrashers, you know. And uh, then we have Marty Friedman, extraordinary guitar player. You know, he flew over from Japan, brought his uh, musicians from Japan. Um, And, you know, it's just it's a good variety show. We just hope everybody can check it out. Yeah. I know Marty. I've had him on this show a bunch of times. His story's incredible because he completely uprooted. I mean, he's from California, but he went over to Japan and he speaks fluent Japanese host TV shows there. He's been living there for a long time, but it's cool that he, in the last, uh, I don't know, I'd say five, seven years started to make a run into touring and working in America again. I think that's really cool you have him opening. And, and what I like about what he does is I think like solo instrumental guitar stuff can get monotonous pretty quickly, at least to me, but he puts on a great show and his band is always really good too. They're, they're going over pretty good before you, I would think. Oh yeah. They're very entertaining, you know, and Marty works the crowd as well. You know, he's, he's uh he's a 
professional, you know, so it's a, it's a good show. The fans love it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. How were the dates with Priest for you guys? I mean, I got a lot of calls from people who saw you guys with Priest and they loved it. How long did you play? Did you get to interact with those guys much? How did that whole thing go? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we were fortunate to do the uh, spring tour, you know, in 2022, and then uh, they wanted us back for the fall winter tour. Um, yeah, and it, it's been great. We're very fortunate, you know, coming out of a pandemic and springboarding off of the album. Um, it was great to, to be on the road with Judas Priest. And let's face it, you know, I grew up listening to these guys. You know, when I was 17, 18 years old in Seattle, Washington, I didn't want to play Top 40 radio. I wanted to hear the British invasion, the UK invasion, you know, and listen to two guitar bands. And this was one of them, and Iron Maiden was one of them. Man, it totally fueled me. I, I love playing with these guys, and Rob is, just brings it every night. You know, he's the coolest guy, and he is the metal god. <laughs> well, no doubt about that. But, you know, going back to the early days of Queensryche, man, I worked in a record store when I first heard of you guys, and the EP came out. And I remember opening the box of records and seeing the EP there, and I had never heard of the band. I, you know, this was in New Jersey. And I didn't even, we didn't even know how to pronounce the name of the band when we first saw it. We were like, what is Queens? What? Like, we didn't even know. And then I remember opening up, we had a promo copy of the EP and I put it on and I was like floored. And, and me being a fan of a lot of that British stuff as well. And certainly priest, like you said, I mean, immediately you could hear the influence, whether it was in the two guitars with you and DeGarmo at the time or in Jeff's voice at the time, the way he sang. The, the influence was pretty obvious there. What, what was the other British metal stuff that you guys were into early on as kids? I'm, I'm wondering if it, was, if it was similar to the stuff that I was listening to. You know, it's, like I said, we were down at the, the local record store checking the import section. And, you know, we see like Tigers of Pantang, you know, just Deep Purple, um, except, I mean, it was uh, just, we were sponges, you know, just absorbing all this high energy stuff, you know, and we were in our teens and we didn't want to play top 40. We wanted to rock, you know, we wanted loud guitars. We wanted energy, you know, and this is where we got it from. Yeah. I mean, you could hear it. I mean, it, when, when you, when you guys, uh, when you guys had the name, when you came out with that name and who came up with the name Queensryche, where did it originate from? Chris DeGarmo wrote a song called Queen of the Right, you know, some kind of right. crazy dreamy, dreamy had, right? So, um, you know, and we were originally called The Mob, but uh, that was uh, taken. So, you know, the EP had just come out and uh, on just demo cassettes from the studio as The Mob, and, and we were giving it to this record store called Easy Street Records, and they said, you can't use that name. So it was, uh, you know, something we took it from the song Queen of the Reich and just spelled it different. And, you know, we spent a good part of our career explaining, you know, the umalots and, and uh, uh, we, we put them there. We didn't know what, know what, what they were. And it's like, oh, but it looks really cool. You know, so, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like we get over to uh, to Europe and they go, Queen's Roosh. No, it's Queens Reich, you know. So, yeah, and it was, you know, when you went into record stores, we we go, okay, yeah, there's not too many bands in the Q section. This would be good for us. 
Right. Yeah, close to Queen, too, which doesn't suck. Keeps you close to good company there. Yeah. Did you ever have any pressure? Like, did you ever get any pushback from the label because people didn't know how to pronounce it? I remember we worked with this Hispanic guy at the record store. He used to call you guys Queen Cycle. Like, he was way off. <laughs> did, you, did they ever give you – did it, Did the label or anybody say, hey, guys, maybe an easier-to-pronounce name, or you never had any issue? No. I mean, I think, you know, we were a young, hot band, and we were uh, taking off, and they, they just went with it. I don't think they cared as long as, uh, you know, we were getting on great tours and, and uh, you know, getting ready to record our next record in, in the U.K., um, the warning. It was – it was, you know, all guns blazing. You know what I'm just realizing, Michael? It's it's 40 years since the EP, right? Wasn't the EP 83? Um, well, the 206 version from the local record store was 82. But then when EMI, you know, signed us, uh, it came out in 83 with, uh, I think, The Prophecy as an extra song on it. But yeah, dude, it's been 40 years and you look back at it and it's like, wow, that's, that's been pretty damn cool what we've achieved. And, you know, but I'm a person that looks in the future and just want to keep this machine of Queensryche, you know, churning along. Yeah, I mean, it is a landmark, though. It, it technically is 40th anniversary of the band, which is incredible because i again i worked in a record store i remember when you guys first came out it seems like yesterday when you look back on the history of the band michael as i mentioned you and eddie are the sole remaining original members from when it all started what's what's been the is there been a in your view a negative and a positive to having the lineup changes i mean i would think the positive is obviously fresh blood fresh ideas and all of that, but maybe on a negative sense, would you have preferred in a perfect world that the five of you would have held it together for the 40 years? Um, yeah, in a perfect world, but you know, people change, people go down different paths, you know, want career changes, want different musical changes. It's, it's life. There's not too many bands out there that have original members, you know? So it's like, we're just doing what we can, you know, we're keeping this thing alive and, you know, we're current, we're churning out new albums. We're not a nostalgia act, you know, we're touring the world. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's just the way we've always done it. What do you think it is about your connection with Eddie that you and Eddie are the two guys left from the original band that you've, what is it about the two of you that have, that have stuck this out the whole time? Um, I mean, I think it's really, it comes down to, uh, it's a love of performing music, you know, and uh, we've created a, a huge fan base over our career. And, you know, without them, we couldn't do what we do. So it's like, we're very appreciative of that. And, you know, without the connection to the fans, you know, it's kind of tough to survive in this industry. Yeah, no doubt. Um, are you, do you, do you have any dialogue with any of the former members of the band at all now? Well, you know, occasionally time, you know, little bits of pockets of conversations every once in a while or something, but it's, uh, you know, it's all guns blazing right now. And, uh, uh, you know, it's 
people go, how do you like comparing the, this band with that band? It's not like, I'm not going to compare. Those guys were, you know, my friends and, and colleagues, and it's not fair to do that, you know? So, I'm, you know, we just keep the channels open. You know, I'm still good friends with, you know, uh, Dharma and, and uh, um, he loves what we're doing. So it's like all power to us, you know. And Chris is uh, airline. He he's still a pilot predominantly, right? Yeah, as far as I know, that was the the path that he chose. You know, and uh, um, he loves what he does. And you, of course, you guys have um, made a great new record called Digital Noise Alliance, which has been out now for a little bit. And you've you've made some great videos from this record too. And I think that uh, some of the visual stuff is really, really cool that you did in recent uh, in recent videos. And you've got a recent one out there, too. I think for Sick Death is the most recent one. But tell me about making videos now, Michael, from when you made them back in the day. I imagine a lot cheaper to do them now than back when you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars that had to be recouped. Yeah, it's kind of it's all about who you know. And, uh, you know, back in the nineties, we had huge production budgets for videos. I can't believe how much money was spent on those. But, um, with this, uh, album, digital noise Alliance, we were, uh, fortunate to, uh, film seven videos. And, you know, the, the sixth video just got released called realms. That's a song that Eddie Jackson wrote. And, you know, in this day and age, it's, it's about, quick attention span and getting your stuff on the, uh, uh, I guess, YouTube or who, you know, whatever video, uh, media stream there is. And just to stay current because the bands that, you know, have record deals, they kind of front load it and put it out there and, and hope they get their money back. And, and, you know, it's like that we want to just slowly keep, you know, pumping out the videos as the tours are going along. So it just made sense for us. And we found this, this badass uh, producer in uh, Florida, in the Tampa area. And he's, he's just incredible. Some of our videos have won awards in different countries. And I think in some of the U S uh, pockets of, of video awarding, I mean, it's just, something that we really uh, took advantage of and just to, to prolong, um, you know, the, the visual aspect of social media while we're continuously trudging and touring the world. <laughs> yeah. Let me, let's talk about the current lineup of the band. We know Todd has been there and is a fixture now and, and does an amazing job. How long has Casey Grillo been your drummer? Is it, it's gotta be seven, eight years now, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a total team player. He's a great, great drummer. And, uh, you know, he's fit in just perfectly for the band, and the fans love him. Does anybody know what happened to Rock and Field, or are you in touch with them? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a touchy subject, and, and uh, that's, that's something that, that we will uh, – have to, uh, you know, talk to you about in the uh, future. Oh, so it sounds like there's some drama then, obviously. 
Yep. Current real-time drama, whatever, you know. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, I heard from him a couple years ago, but I haven't heard from him since, and I really don't know what, what happened to him, and fans always ask me, which is why I wanted to ask you. That being said, I also heard from a ton of fans who are blown away by Casey's performances in the band because, as you know, there's people coming on board, younger people discovering Queensryche all the time, and uh, there's been more than one person who has called in and talked about Casey's playing and how he has really uh, just completely become a fixture in that band. So you got to be happy with what with the way he's gone over with the fans, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great. We have a really solid lineup now, and we've been touring on it for a while, and we're really happy with, with uh, you know, the outcome. And it's like we're, we're a band of musicians that, that can tour and, you know, and bring it every night, but we're also a band that can be in the studio together and write an album. So, um it's a really good scenario right now for uh, Queensryche. And the other spot in the band on, on guitar opposite you is Mike Stone back in there. For a while, Parker Lundgren was there. You know, I, I ran into Parker at a Dallas guitar show a couple years ago, and he told me he got super into, like, I guess, selling and collecting guitars and bought a bought into a guitar shop or something like that. And then shortly afterwards, I heard that he was, you know, leaving the band, I guess, to focus on that a little bit. What's it been like having, uh, having Mike Stone in there as your other guitar player? Um, well, you know, this, this goes to like what we were talking about before, you know, people change, they want to go down different career paths and, and, you know, Parker's love of, uh, buying and selling, uh, instruments and, that's what he wanted to do. So, you know, and Mike came back uh, to us. He had been with the band for a while in the past and it just, it just seemed natural and he just fit right in, you know, he was available and it was, it was great. You know, we, uh, we, we used them on uh, uh, the digital noise Alliance. We wrote double solos together. We wrote, you know, he wrote solos. He played on different songs. Um, you know, so he's he's uh, he's a great writing guitar player, as as well as a touring guitar player. So, you know, we're really happy with this lineup. Everybody can go to queensrikeofficial.com. You can see all the tour dates. As uh, Michael mentioned earlier, they have missed a few shows because Todd had some vocal issues, but he's good to go for tonight. So the tour resumes in Tempe at the Marquee Theater. And as I'm scrolling through, it looks like you've got. Uh, a good amount of shows here that uh, run at this point. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess, well, you got a couple things already uh, in November. Actually, you're going to be with me at uh, an event called the Sands in Cancun. It's a ways down the line in November, but that's a great event that I host or co-host every year. So that's a lot of fun. You've got a couple festivals. And of course, you've got the Monsters of Rock Cruise coming up sooner than that which, uh, of course, I'll see you on as well. Those are always fun. I imagine you have a good time on there as well. Yeah, it's always great. Um, you know, I reside in Florida now, so that's where those things, you know, take off. So it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, uh, it's a nice, I don't know, I don't know if it's a vacation, but it's, it's, a, it's a change from the, the rigorous uh, uh, touring on the road. But... Um, I might add that, you know, after this tour is done, we're, we're already building a, uh, a secondary tour that's going to happen in uh, the fall, probably October. And uh, so 
yeah, we're we're going to promote this album at least for a couple of years. Well, it's a killer record. I mean, I've talked to a lot of Queensryche fans that feel this is maybe the best one you've made since Todd has been in the band. Now that you've lived with it and played some of it for a bit, you know, how do you feel about it? Well, I think it's special just because, you know, this album was catapulted out of the pandemic, you know, uh, a time of, uh, you know, scary existence for the entertainment industry. So, um, and I think, you know, when we, we got together, when it was safe to get together, uh, we decided, hey, let's, let's do something different on this album. Let's, let's write this as a band in a room with no demos, no old songs or anything. Let's just go from the ground up and improvise and come up with ideas and everybody, you know, just get in on the songs and bring their creative flow. And this one was kind of uh, a throwback to the early 80s, you know, when we'd all get together in a room and Garmo and I would throw riffs at each other and, and build songs, right? And in those days, you know, there was no cell phones, there was no internet, and, you know, we were teenagers, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, money to buy a, a, an Apple computer because they were too expensive, right? So you just learn the songs, and you built them that way. So, Digital Noise Alliance, this is the same kind of principle, but, you know, obviously we have computers and a producer to archive ideas, um, which is fortunate for me because I, as I get older, an idea may pop in my head and then it's gone, right? I can't remember what I did. But um, so, you know, now it's like it's, it's totally, uh, you know, to me, a valued uh, record just because it was, it was the band in the room creating from a guitar riff, a bass riff, a vocal line, a drum beat, you know, it's just uh, a real special record for the band. Is there a Queensryche record for you that is your personal favorite, not counting the new record? Do you have a re like from the, the old days or whatever, is there a record that, uh, that is your favorite, the standout record for you? Uh, not really. I mean, I like them all for different reasons. It's, um, you know, obviously the, the first six records are, are very special, you know, because that was the beginnings of the band and that's when we were finding, you know, our identities and, um, you know, but I just, I'm just proud of everything that we've done. I wouldn't change anything. I think it's, it's just, uh, we're just very fortunate, you know, to be able to, uh, keep doing what we're doing and you know looking back at this being 40 years since the band started i mean do you have anything is that even really hit you are you the type of band that would commemorate that do you whether it be through reissues or doing some sort of retrospective tour or potentially even trying to reunite with some ex-members for a special show does any of that appeal to you or no um, you know, all those ideas are, are, you know, thrown into a hat and it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just everything takes so much effort and so much time to, to build, you know. So, um, you know, right now, I mean, there's there's talks of us maybe doing a live album. I don't know. Um, so we'll, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And if, if things make sense at a certain time. 
then we'll we'll look at it. But you know, I can't I can't foretell the future. You know, one last thing on that. Jeff was on my show uh, maybe a year or so ago, and he did say that there was a promoter somewhere that made a large offer for one show with the original five guys, and that one member of the band uh, said no, and that pretty much did it in. Uh, what can you say about that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't hear about it. I never saw any offers. I, I know our management never saw any offers. Um, so I have no idea about that. Well, listen, man, 40 years is a hell of a milestone and uh, congratulations on it. And it's amazing. You're still making high quality records. Now, a lot of bands with your catalog, uh, they would not even bother making new music as frequently as you do. And I think, uh, I think this new album, digital noise Alliance is, is I've talked to a lot of Queensryche fans myself, you know, I've, Myself included feel this way. It's a really, really killer record, and uh, congratulations on it. I'm glad you're going to stick with it and and keep uh, pushing it out, pushing it out there and touring it. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, we appreciate the support. You know, and and we uh, appreciate you know the fans supporting us. You know, and the the whole touring aspect. It was, um, you know, we'd like things to get back to the way it was. You know, back in 2018 and 19, but it's. You know, this industry is just ever-changing, and it's always going to take longer than you think to get back to the the normal. So, I don't know. Maybe this is the new normal, but we're we're adapting. We're chameleons. We, we will figure it out, and we will keep doing what we're doing. Queensrykeofficial.com is the website. The band is currently on tour here in the U.S. As uh, I mentioned, they are in Tempe tonight, and the dates just keep going from there. And uh, I will see you, if not before, I'll certainly see you on board the ship, Michael. Oh, real quick, I wanted to ask you this, too. You had another band on the side of Queensryke, uh, Soulbender. Are you still doing that? Um. You know, I'm I'm known for having all these side projects that never get finished, right? So, uh, but yeah, nothing. Uh, I, I'm so consumed with Queensrÿche. You know, I'd I'd love to do something on the side, but I just don't have any time right now. And uh, but you never know. Uh, another project may surface here in the future if if I get it done. Um, but yeah, I mean the Soulbender guys are really cool. Um, uh, we lost our bass player. That was really sad. He passed away. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the guys are just, uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing. They've gone different paths in their lives. So, but, you know, never, never say never. Well, I still wear the T-shirt you gave me all the time. People always ask me what it is, that skull on the front of it. I was like, it's one of Michael Wilton's bands. They have no idea, but it's a cool <laughs> shirt, so. Yeah, thank you for that. It's a cool logo, cool shirt, and uh, yeah. So, again, you know, I'd like to keep churning out side projects, but I'm just, I'm just consumed by this machine called Queensrÿche. Well, you know, as you should be, it's your baby, and uh, you, you know, you're one of two that have been there since the thing was born. So it's up to you and Eddie to keep that, you know, steer that ship and keep it going. And as long as you're pumping out music, uh, music as good as Digital Noise Alliance, keep at it, man. Good stuff. Right on. Thanks so much, Eddie. Hey, Michael, say hi to the guys. Travel safe. And again, if I don't uh, see you before, I'll see you next month on the ship. Sounds like a plan. 
Let's. Uh, All right, man. Yeah, let's definitely uh, you know chat when we get to the uh, Monsters of Rock cruise or something. Okay, buddy. Sounds good, man. Safe travels out there. I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for supporting us and supporting live music. You got it, bro. Take care. Have a good show tonight. Kick ass, Eddie. Bye. Well, big thanks to Michael Wilton. And look forward to seeing him on the Monsters of Rock cruise coming up, along with Extreme and Tesla and many more. Hey, make sure you join me every day for Rock Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, Faction Talk, live 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific. If you have Sirius XM, please listen every day. And if you can't listen in the live window, all you got to do is grab the Sirius XM app, punch in Trunk Nation, and you will for sure be able to hear full shows, interviews, audio, video, and more. If you only listen to this podcast and you can get Sirius XM, you're only getting a tiny, tiny taste of what I do every day on the radio. At Eddie Trunk on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing. I'll see you guys next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast and hopefully on the radio each and every day on Faction Talk Channel 103. We kick off at 3 Eastern. Have a good week, everybody. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.